Esther chapter 4 verse 12. We're going to jump in there. You're welcome to read on the screen. Even better if you turn there in your Bible or on your device that way. During the week, when you open your Bible the next time, it'll remind you what we spoke about today. It says, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I'm sure many of us have heard that passage before. It's one of those great ones to quote, that you have come to this time in this place. It's important uh, for the, the God has prepared you and he has now brought you into the moment where he wants you to serve him. Many of us know the, know the passage. The context is Esther was a Jewish girl. The king had, had spent years looking for... Uh, Ladies to put in his harem, and uh, Esther proves to be the most beautiful in the whole of the nation. He's chosen, prepared for three years, and then becomes, uh, 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 gets ushered into his, his presence. I'm getting distracted. And uh, then the king's advisors want to obliterate the Jews. It's amazing. Even all those years ago, and her uncle says to her, man, you have an opportunity that God has brought to you. And she says, if I go into the king's presence without him inviting me, he can kill me right then and there. And this is where this answer comes from. Who knows? And so the uncle says to her these three things, and I want to encourage us this morning as well. He says, do not think because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. And these days we think about ourselves too much. Talk about that in a little bit again. But just because you have a good bank balance or just because you have a certain surname or live on a certain side of, side of the tracks, just because you are in the king's palace, he says to her. Now, I don't know what your equivalent is, but sometimes we put our confidence in other things. And we say, well, man, even this country goes down, I've got offshore investments, I'll be okay. One of the things COVID has taught us is nothing is as certain as we think it is. You thought you were in a stable job? Ha ha. Right? We suddenly realize that what we put our hope in, if it's not the Lord, it isn't as uh, uh, stable as we think it is. And so number one, he says, you alone of the Jews, don't think that you only will escape. And I want to say to you and me, don't think that you and I will be okay. I've got a whole long story that I don't have time to tell you, but we can't just pretend we like and blend in with the crowd, okay? The second thing he says is, is um, if you remain silent, relief and deliverance for the Jews, the nation, not the individual, will come from another place. I want to say to us this morning, I'm, I really want to rattle your cage if I can. I want to say to you that if you and I don't step up, we don't put our hands up, Said to a man this week, we've been wanting to do stuff for 18 months. We just need people to put their hands up. And if you and I don't... You're sorry, I'm shouting. I'm just excited. <laughs> at least you guys at home can turn the volume down. I'm just excited, okay? <laughs> if you and I don't put our hands up, like Esther, salvation, relief and deliverance will come from somewhere else. Because God is committed to His plans. He invites us to participate. It's up to you whether you accept the invitation or not. It's up to me. Yep. The third one he says, and who knows? I don't think he didn't know. I think he did. I think it's just a turn of phrase. Who knows? 
but that you have come to this royal position, your royal position for such a time as this third one. Maybe just God has planned your life. Maybe just. Maybe just it's time for you to do what He has prepared you to do. Maybe just. And too often we think, I'll get, I'll be alright, Jack. And then we think, well, I'll pick and choose. You know, oh, I'm a bit busy this week. Maybe next week. I was hard on you last week. I'm not. My point is this, you know, I'll, I'll get the next one. <laughs> hey? I don't know about you, when those call centers call, if you engage with them, you, they, they catch you, hey? Then you think when you put down the phone, next time I'm gonna say that, and then I'm gonna say that, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him before he gets me. Next time! Hey, next time your neighbor is grumpy to you and you're grumpy back, you think, oh sorry lord, next time I'll, I'll be more like Jesus. Ah, saying maybe this is the time. Yeah? So we began the year with two prophetic words that were very key for us. Number one, the train is pulling out of the station. Get on or you're going to get left behind. Why don't you look around quickly? Just have a look around. I was raised you weren't allowed to do this in church. Sorry, Mom. Uh, they told me you couldn't look behind you. I don't know why. I think it's because you might spot someone sleeping. But that's why I'm shouting this morning so there's no one sleeping. But have a look around. Go for it. Just have a look around. You see, potentially these are your train mates. Just potentially these are the guys that are at least on the station, maybe on the train. So to someone this week, it feels like the train is going downhill. We're gathering speed. If the time, the window of opportunity is closing. Jump on board. Who knows for this time? And I'm not telling you what the time is. So just relax. We're going to work about that later. Okay. Um, so last week we spoke about responding to Jesus. Yes, we said uh, for some it's starting out like Samuel. Remember, hearing, hearing God for the first time. For others it's starting over like Elijah. He'd heard God and then he ran away and he had to start again. And for others it's like Paul where we just have to shift gears. We, we've been chasing God. We've been following. But now, you know, the, the, the old um, train tracks, that lever that you had to flip to change onto the other tracks. Those of you young guys, you're thinking like, Craig, what? And the older guys are going, oh, we know what you're talking about. Hey. Yeah? And... Um, Maybe it's time to hear God for the first time. Maybe it's time to come back to hearing God. Maybe it's time you are hearing God because saying, I actually want you now on a different journey. Remember, Paul tried to go into Asia and God said, no, no, I want you to go to Macedonia. Hey? All right. So a man said to me this week, said to me, Craig, I've been a freeloader on the bus. This is not me. I'm just telling you what someone else told me, okay? I've been a freeloader on the bus. I've been enjoying the ride. I've been looking out the windows. I've been chatting to the other passengers. He says, but I haven't even swept the bus or washed the bus or done any maintenance. Now it's time for me to buy my ticket and play my part. I, I didn't say that. He, I phoned me to tell me this. I thought, yo, it's so easy for us. It's just to get yeah, wheels on the bus, go around and around. Yeah, it's cool. We look out the window. Have you noticed if you're not the driver, if, if you have a driver's license when you don't drive, it's like you don't know where you are. You, you, you're watching the scenery. You don't even know. You drive from there to there. You're like, how do we get you? Oh, I've been looking. Suddenly, the other day, Colette was driving. I'm like, yeah, I've never seen that before. Hey? Yeah? So easy when we just have no pressure. We're just a passenger. Mm, I'm thinking of all these passenger songs. I won't sing for you. Um, so easy just to to park off and be a passenger and actually not contribute to the journey, hey? All right, let's go back to 1 Kings 19. 
Verse 9. So we're talking about listening to Jesus' voice. We're going to continue with Elijah's story. So 1 Kings chapter 9, 19, verse 9. It says, The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, if you were here last week online or in the building, you'll remember the story. And uh, Elijah had just seen fire come down and burn up the offering. He'd killed 450 prophets of Baal. He'd counted for the Lord. Then the queen was wanting to take his life. He runs. He's scared. He... Um, uh, uh, What's the word for going on your own? Um, isolated, thank you, himself. And uh, yeah, it's a big word. And he goes into the, the, the desert and he says to the Lord, he lies down and he says, Lord, I want to die. Okay? And none of us in this room have ever felt like that, right? Yeah? And then the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. <laughs> you know that uh, we form part of the selfie generation? Who would have thought that you put a camera on a phone for starters? Hey? And number two, who would have thought that you put a camera looking at you? Hey? I said this to the leaders, we all laughed. But you know what? I did some Googling. I did some Googling. You know, we've had selfie cameras on our phones for 11 years. The first commercially available selfie phone, front, uh, front facing camera, 2010. Even if you're young, that's not so long ago. 2010, iPhone 4 generation. I had an iPhone 3. Didn't have a selfie camera. <laughs> hey, can you believe it? And here's my point. <laughs> we have bought the lie that nobody understands me. We spend our lives looking at ourselves. I was on Zoom the other day. Uh, in, in It was quite an awkward kind of formal meeting. It wasn't a church meeting. I was like, you better stand up straight or sit up straight and look. And I spend the, the whole time looking at myself on Zoom. That's why Zoom's so exhausting. Because the conversation I look at you, I don't look at myself, right? We're so we're self hip. We are consumed with ourselves. Yeah? We went from windows and now we got mirrors. Yeah? And no one, everyone thinks no one understands me. You see, because my circumstances are unique. We've grown up with our parents and everybody telling us how special we are. And now we've believed them. I'm so special. No one is like me. No one has it as hard as me. You can box me afterwards. It's fine. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> it's got very quiet. Colette's saying. Hey? You see, I'm special. No one knows what I'm going through. And can I say, actually, if no one else does, Jesus does. Yeah. Hey? We love watching these building shows. And we're watching the Australian block at the moment. There's one lady, who, one couple, who continually kind of, oh, I'm so tired. I'm more tired than anyone else doing exactly the same thing as me. Have you got that guy at work? Or are you that guy at work? Hey, oh, it's month end, I'm dying. Well, everyone else is in the same boat, friend. No, but I'm special. I have it harder. You go to the gym. Oh, this is such a heavy weight. And then the guy next to you is picking up a heavier weight. No, but you don't understand me. I've done all this other. We find reasons to ex 
exclusivize ourselves to increase our specialness, whether it's the specialness of suffering, my grandma's going out the window, or somehow make ourselves unique, because no one is like me. My mom told me from grade one. Hmm? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we were, and yet he did not sin. When we think we are so special, then the rules that apply to everyone else don't apply to me. When the coach says, run again, our feelings get hurt. When the cop pulls you over for doing 130 and 120 zone, oh, you don't understand, officer. Hey, I'm amazed when you, when you're in traffic, the Canadians have these, these cool signs that say merge like a zip, one, one from the left, one from the right. Could you imagine those signs in South Africa? It'd be funny, eh? Huh? Have you ever, I mean, there's one near my house where you go from two lanes into one lane, just like that. I always love, why some guy ramp the pavement, drive up the bank, kind of squeeze past you just so that he can get one car ahead. It means he gets home three minute, three seconds quicker than you do. I'm like, why is he more important than me? What's so urgent about his day that he's special, that he needs to shove ahead? You understand? You, you, you get my point. Somehow we've learned to believe that actually I deserve to be ahead of you. Because I'm special. And no one understands the day that I'm having. Fortunately, Jesus does. <laughs> you see, when we think we're so special, the rules don't apply to, to me because I have an excuse. <laughs> they say that those who say it can't be done are often interrupted by those who are getting it done. Hmm? Chances are there's always someone that's had A tougher day than you. I keep coming back to Paul, two years in jail. And that was just one of his stints in jail. Just one of them. Huh? And he counting for the Lord. We get two minutes, you know, stuck in a queue and we lose all of our fruit. Just maybe the Lord put you in that queue because the guy in front of you needs a chat. You're like, I'm going to be late now. I'm going to have to race home. And Yeah? Maybe there's a time. <laughs> anyway. Verse 11. Oh, let me, I have to say this. I think often, we, I've watched this, we put more energy into our excuses than the energy the task would require. Yeah? We put off stuff and we excuse ourselves and when you think actually, you know, the amount, even just the amount of talking that goes into telling someone, reminding someone to do something. For Shelby and, and Kayla's packing the dishwasher properly, right? <laughs> hey? The amount of stuff, energy you put into avoiding something is probably more than it would take just to get up and do it, right? Okay. Okay. The, vo- the, the verse 11 of it, uh, 1 Kings 19. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. He was complaining. God said, Just go stand there. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Sounds like a band, right? Earth, wind, and fire. Anyway. Anyone under 30 is like, what? Like, who? Anyway. (laughs) I don't know if you've had an earthquake this week. I don't know if you've had a fire. 
has been some catastrophe. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. Then he went out and he stood in the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And you'll see it says exactly the same thing. Oh, woe is me, I'm special. Yeah, I'm the only one. It's, it actually wasn't true. Historically, later you read that there was a remnant. There was a percentage of the Jews that were still faithful. But he's, oh, it's just me, Lord. Am I the only one driving at the speed limit today? Coming to work on time. <laughs> Doing what I said I would do. Anyway. Verse 15. Just jumping ahead quick. He tells his story again the second time he repeats himself. And God says, oh, my poor boy. Oh, shame. You, you are right. It's only you. No one else, just you. I'm being tough on you guys this morning. I'm just trying to shift our thinking. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm just asking you to think through the way we think. Yes? Yeah? Because what happens when we put ourselves into an exclusive group of people that actually no one else understands, then we think we can let ourselves off the hook. And just maybe this is your royal time and place. Just maybe it's not just you, but it's a nation that is dependent on the next thing you say to the king. It's amazing. Lord didn't comment on Elijah's self-justification, but he offered instruction. He was to come out of the cave and stand before the Lord, for he was passed by. You know the amazing thing is instantly, even in his complaining, Elijah knew it was God. Instantly, pulled thing over his head, went and stood outside. And, um, yeah. Okay, let me try and move along. So I want to say to you this morning, number one, God speaks. God speaks. God speaks. All we need to do is listen to Jesus' voice because God speaks. Somehow our assumption is that we cannot hear Jesus speak to us and it's become our default. You heard Tebs. It's like healing has become this thing that we, we hope for. I know it's complex, don't worry. Sometimes we think, oh, you know, God can't speak to me. I've got a big decision coming up. I wish God would speak to me. Oh, well, I just better make my own plans. Hey, I want to say to you, God speaks. He speaks. He has spoken in creation. He spoke in the Old Testament through his prophets. He spoke through his son Jesus. He speaks through the scriptures. He speaks by his spirit. He speaks. In fact, it's more rational to believe that God speaks than he is silent. You know, we bought this fancy dishwasher a number of years ago, long ago. We thought we were so fancy. It's got this thing. You dial it, a, a number on your phone and you put it by the, by the dishwasher and it dials through to the call center and it tells the call center what's wrong with the dishwasher. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Would it make sense for someone to design any appliance and not know how to figure it out afterwards? No. No. So the moment you can understand that, that somewhere along the line there's sufficient uh, rational design in the cosmos, then what, the, even if you want to admit God, 
the one that put all of this together has to be able to interact with it. It doesn't make sense rationally anywhere else. All of God's dealings on top of this are self-revelatory. Everything God does is to reveal who He is. A creation has to be designed by a creator. A father who God has revealed himself to us as must talk to his sons and daughters. When a father does not talk to his children, we call it a broken home, right? And it hurts and it can wreck people's lives because it's dysfunctional. And God says, I will show you myself as a Father, it makes sense that a father can talk to his sons. I don't know one father that, that, that speaks a language that the son or daughter doesn't speak. Even in those generations where the... Anyway, you know, let me move on. But you, you understand my point? Okay. You're very clever this morning. Just saying. It's just you. Uh, you see, because hearing his voice is linked to relationship. Jesus said, I didn't call you servants, I called you friends. Um, okay, sure. Uh, point number two is we need to learn to listen. Uh, let me just say this quick. When God speaks to Elijah after all of that noise, there's a challenge. He says, he says what are you doing here? I think too many of us here, the challenge is an accusation. And a friend or a leader or a family member comes to you and they just say something and you react like no one's business. They touch you on the button that you, hey? Someone just says, oh, you're five minutes late. And oh, you don't understand what my day has been like. And we need to accept when the Lord speaks to us, accept it as a challenge, not as an accusation. Then he says closeness. He says, hey, come. You see, intimacy is where we share hearts. And then the third one is calibration. He doesn't even talk. He doesn't try and argue or, or reason what's going on. He just says, hey, come. Actually, you now need to go and get on with the job. He says, go and anoint. Go and do three things. Get back to what I called you to, my friend. You see, because there's a challenge which brings closeness. And then there's a calibration. I don't know about you. I need to be calibrated all the time. Okay, number three. Um, Number three is, when we listen to Jesus, we must listen with our heart and not our ears. Our heart and not our ears. Um, oh. I want to say that hearing his voice is all about relationship. You see, believe it or not, God does not use, need you and I to do stuff so that he can complete his agenda for the world. He willingly uses us, but he doesn't need us. Yeah, And so the point of him talking to us is not to tell us what to do. He is not, um, he's not a master who wants to issue orders or a manager that wants to give out job cards, tick tasks off a list. He's a father who wants to have a relationship with his children. And out of that, we do stuff together. You understand? The reason God speaks to us is not to give us jobs. It's to share his heart with us. He wants fellowship with us. So how do we, how do we do that? Forgive me, I, I, I always lean to the, the how-tos. But number one, we need to find, we need to keep a place of awe and intimacy. You can give us that next slide. You said it wasn't in the noise, it was in the, I realize this is God. Uh, next slide please, there we go. Keep a place of awe and intimacy. We need to expect to God to speak, Tibbs. Expect God to heal, expect God to speak. Need to set an opportunity. 
I have a friend who asked me to pray for him weekly. It's changed my life. I have in my diary a certain time and a certain place. It's been amazing. Keep a place of awe and intimacy. Expect God to speak. Set an opportunity. When will it be? Will you take five minutes over your coffee when you get to the office? Will it be on the road to school? What will it be? Quietly at home? In the middle of a boardroom? And then include listening as part of your process. I wonder about how many of you guys that manage teams include listening to Jesus as part of your managing the team. I wonder how many, about how many of you who have a board meeting coming up or a difficult client coming up or a family issue coming up. I wonder how many of us include listening to Jesus as part of our finding the way forward. Uh, ben told me last night, hey Craig, it's, it's um, budget season again. Anyone else in budget season? Oh, yeah, hello. Yeah. Uh, now that I've used your name, I for, forgive me, Ben. But I'm hoping when we come to budgeting and planning and all of these things, you guys are all involved at big jobs. Like, is listening to Jesus part of the rands and cents? Part of the quarterly projections? And then lastly, put it into practice. I'll finish with this. I want to say that listening requires action. Listening requires action. Colette told the story of her granddad who was a gunner in the Second World War. And it ruined his ears, and uh, so he had um, hearing aids. And she said whenever he wanted to stop being given jobs, you know, stop being told what to do, he just quietly changed the volume, and then he couldn't hear. And if you can't hear, you don't have to do, right? <laughs> well, of you guys are thinking, hmm, like what's my equivalent? Uh, you see, listening requires action. We've got to be so careful that we listen to God and we just, I missed that one, Lord. Uh, I, I didn't get that one. Like, it, it was probably for someone else, right? Listening requires action. We read last week, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. Speak, Lord, because your servant is listening. Christy Wright, I, I heard this. Uh, this week, and I thought it was so powerful. She says, the antidote to fear is action. Nothing will silence your fear of doing the thing like doing the thing. Now, I don't know about you and I, but we can waste our energy in being scared of doing it or just do it. <laughs> yeah? I was chuckling to myself because I had that moment this week. I was like putting something off, putting something off, and then I just I was like, so really, my whole week got better. Yeah? When we listen, then we obey. So if we wanted to respond to Jesus, then we need to hear what he's saying. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, the Amplified puts it this way. So as the Holy Spirit says, today, while there is still opportunity, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Today. If you hear his voice. Do you want to hear his voice? Do you want to hear his voice? Maybe like Samuel for the first time. Maybe like Elijah again for a while. Maybe like Paul to shift gears. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to listen to the Lord. Got a few minutes left. You guys at home, same deal. Just because you're not in the building, maybe the band can come help us. But we're simply going to wait and listen to his voice.
in a group of five people, I would guess probably two or three of them need to hear from the Lord. You could be watching this on your own. I would, if I was a betting man, I would bet that you, there's more chance <laughs> that you need to hear the Lord than you don't need to. And here's your opportunity this morning. It's flowed out of our worship and our prayer time. I'm convinced God wants to speak to us. Otherwise, we're not sure what time, what place, what purpose He's called us for. Maybe it's the big things of life. Maybe it's just like the technicalities. Maybe you start work tomorrow with a meeting (laughs) that you are dreading. Or you think, yes, this one's going to be exercising. Yeah? Maybe you won't sleep tonight because of tomorrow. I'm saying we need to hear the Lord. And so, oh, thanks, Kate. Well done. So all we're going to do, as you're standing, we're just going to stand. I'm going to ask you simply to focus on Jesus. It's easy to say, what does it mean? If you're not sure, just think of maybe what you've read in the Bible about him. Maybe even a little Sunday school story about him. Just anything that comes to mind. We're focusing on Jesus. It's... Do you know how you're talking to a motorbike rider? Because he's the guy that hears the faintest motorbike noise. If you're just a car driver, five motorbikes can go past you. You don't notice them. You see, we notice what we're interested in. And so just focus on Jesus. I don't know, maybe there's a passage from the Gospels. or Maybe you think of Jesus on the cross or Jesus with the little children. Maybe it's Jesus healing. Maybe it's Jesus weeping. Maybe it's something that Jesus has said to you in the past. Maybe it's an example of someone else that was close to Jesus. And when you talk to them, it's like you also want to be closer to Jesus. So just focus on him for a moment. Just fill your thoughts with things of Jesus. And then the next step is just simply to draw close. Just to draw close. Again, that's like a a strange word. Practically, what does that mean? It means you just make your heart soft. You say, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming. I'm breathing deeper. I'm settling my heart. I'm just allowing myself to be sensitive. That's what draw close means. I'm going to stop here. There's a couple more, but I'm going to stop here and just wait. I'm going to watch as the Holy Spirit presences himself on you. And you'll see. You might start to feel a little bit weak in the knees. You might just start to feel warmer. Your heart might start to beat a bit faster. You might breathe a bit deeper. They're just like physiological signs that the Holy Spirit's on you. If you get like scattered thoughts coming, just acknowledge them and park them one side. You'll deal with them later. Thank you, Jesus. If the Holy Spirit's touching you, then just open your hands. Lord, yeah. Just around the room. 
even at home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then I'm going to ask you just to listen now. Think to yourself, what am I hearing? It might be the wind. It might be the birds outside. It might be someone's voice. It might be the audible voice of God. But what could be practical? What What am I hearing? You can even ask yourself, what have I noticed? What stood out to me? You might have walked into this building this morning or had met someone during the week and they just stood out to you. Like I said, I've seen how clear people's eyes are this morning. Something I noticed. Maybe you want to ask yourself, what am I reminded of? What comes to mind? And then you ask yourself, is it for me? Is it for someone else? Is it for a different time? And then finally we decide to respond. So friends, I've just taken you through something so practical. But you can do this in the shower. You can do this when you read your Bible, whether it's sitting in bed or in a chair. You can read this, you can do this making the dinner in a boardroom meeting in the shops. So our time has caught us. Guys at home, God bless you. We're gonna sing a song. You don't have to rush on. I'm not this is not the end of the meeting, it's just the end of our time. If you want to open your eyes and walk out and go and chat with some folk, you're welcome. If you want to linger a little, 